Welcome to a new season of Seasons with Sheena Joy podcast, where I walk with you through the different seasons in my life. Before we go to our main topic, let me first share to you some random things. It's undeniable that shopping has never been easier these days. Just log on to shopping apps, select a few items, check out, after a few days, your package will be delivered right at your doorstep. For some people, they buy when they're too happy to reward themselves. For some, whenever they feel lonely or stressed. Because of lockdowns and quarantines, we felt deprived of excitement, and being confined inside our houses feels repetitive and boring. There is a dopamine boost in our brain whenever we shop that makes online shopping as addictive as other substance abuse. Excessive spending will affect our budget and for some may lead to huge credit card debts. In one of my episodes, I shared about my journey to financial literacy. Now, I will share my practices on how I manage my personal finances. The first thing I do whenever I receive my monthly salary is to give my tithes to the church. Yes, I give 10% of my net earnings to our church as obedience to God's command. I do not do it out of obligation but out of gratitude and love for Jesus. Actually, tithing is more for myself than for God. Ever since I started tithing, that was 12 years ago, I noticed that I make more sound finance decisions. But whenever I do not prioritize tithing, that's the time that I make mistakes in terms of money. Tithing makes my heart right and keeps me reminded that my priority in this life is God and not money. It also humbles me that God is the one who gives me the ability to produce wealth. Tithing is also God's protection for me and my family because there's a promise in the Bible that when we tithe, God will prevent pests from devouring our crops. During the past 12 years, God has been faithful that our family did not experience any major sickness or illness, any accidents or disaster, and that I believe is God being true to His word and His promise about tithing. God is faithful and we cannot outgive Him. Next is giving. Aside from tithing, I give to people. I have budget for blessing others. It doesn't have to be huge amounts. Say, for example, I give 20 pesos to the riders, tip for services such as haircut or foot spa, household repairs, or taxi ride. Sometimes, I buy food for people who got COVID or who are celebrating their birthdays to bless them. One of my testimonies is that I receive a discount for my monthly rent upon renewal of my contract. And God reminded me that those are the 20 pesos and other amounts that I have sown to people. God operates in generosity. When we withhold blessings from others, we experience luck, but when we give, that's when we overflow. Whenever we sow, we reap. Whenever we give, we will receive. He who refreshes others will also be refreshed. After setting aside portions for tithing and giving, that's where I allocate money for savings and pay my monthly living expenses. The excess is either for investing or sometimes shopping. 
I have an Excel file online to keep track of my monthly expenses such as food, bills, utilities, and miscellaneous. At the end of every month, I assess which among those expenses had the largest share and needs to be adjusted. Before I started investing, I also made sure that I have the financial foundations such as paying off of debts, keeping an emergency fund, building my savings, and maintaining life and health insurances. Right now, I have zero debt and keep separate accounts for emergency fund and savings. Emergency fund, which is worth 3 to 6 months of my monthly expense, is not for emergency shopping but allotted only for emergency, emergency situations such as getting sick, accidents, or losing a job. Meanwhile, savings is for future milestones. I also have life insurances and health insurance. This will protect me and my family from my untimely death or any serious illness. Insurances are important, especially if you're a breadwinner. Most Filipinos are pushed to poverty when hospitalized or when the breadwinner dies. Having insurances provides security for my loved ones from these uncertainties. Aside from protection, insurances will also allow us to grow the funds for future investments if not used. Lastly, whenever I have excess money, I invest them to the stock market either in index funds, mutual funds, global stocks, or bonds. I'm a newbie in investing, but from time to time, I add money to those financial instruments. It is also important that my goal for investing is clear to me. Otherwise, once I lose my focus, once I earn or incur, incur loses, I will withdraw my funds and stop investing. For now, my goals for investing are for long term, such as acquiring a property, retirement fund, and other milestones for future family or endeavors. Investing is important to beat inflation because bank interests are too small. Lastly, I make online shopping hard for me. I do not link the shopping apps to my bank accounts. The goal is for me to create as many barriers to online shopping as possible to avoid myself from impulse buying. I also don't browse online shopping apps before bedtime or early in the morning because these are the times when our guards are down and we are too weak for temptations. It's also okay to allot money for sanity fund, especially nowadays that we are in the pandemic. It's okay to spend for things that gives us simple joys in everyday life. You shouldn't feel guilty for Netflix or Spotify subscriptions if it serves as our form of entertainment at home. It's okay to have a budget for creative projects as well, even for hobbies, coffee, or comfort food to stay sane during these times. Everything is permissible, but it should be in moderation. Now, let's go to our main topic. episode, I will share about working for the government, what are the pros and cons, and what I like and don't like about it. One of the areas which God used to mold my character to remove the bad ones and build the good ones such as patience, trust, submission to authority, grit, excellence, faithfulness in small things, 
gratefulness, integrity, and many others is my job. I've been a government employee in the Philippines for 10 years now. I usually don't share which agency I work for because people hate everything that's related to tax. Although I work for the agency that collects taxes, we are not exempted from paying taxes. We all have this duty in our country, whether by paying the value-added tax, income tax, withholding tax, etc. Moreover, I will not deny the issues of corruption. I believe that it is rooted in our institutions. Since we are in the support group, I am thankful that I am not exposed to such practices. Otherwise, I cannot afford to stay in this job. But there were also numerous instances where I received money given by employees or officials to quote-unquote share their blessings. I am proud to say that I didn't touch any centavo from those amounts. I contemplated about what to do with the money because it's a money that cannot be returned to the taxpayer nor the revenue officials but technically, it's already a money that's not part of the quote-unquote system. So I decided to rechannel it to church by giving to the missionaries. My perspective was that I am just a channel where provision flows. As I faithfully rechannel those money to the, to the missionaries, God returned them more than 5,000 times by giving me a scholarship abroad where I get to interact with people from over 50 nations and the scholarship was worth 5 million pesos. See, we really cannot outgive God. The challenge with the corruption is that it has already been normalized in the Philippine government. Sadly, people have already accepted it. In order to address corruption, there has to be a twofold policy. One is a full revamp of those in the position from top to bottom. And the second is improvement of the benefits and salaries and transparencies within the government. Low salary tempts people into corruption along with the loopholes in our systems. If you really want to address corruption, you should avoid face-to-face -face contact with the taxpayers. Digitalization and automation will also help prevent corruption. In Japan, auditors do not have direct contact with the taxpayers. Payments are made online or through banks, and assessment letters were sent by a courier. Technology such as recording, the online meeting of the auditors or assessment officers with the TPs will also help prevent corruption. One of the reasons I like working for the government is, as cliche as it may sound, I have the opportunity to serve my country. Unlike working for private companies, I feel a sense of accomplishment within myself that I get to contribute in my small ways for this country. As much as possible, I do my best in everything that I do, even when I don't like what I'm doing, and I respond or assist the public with their queries. In that way, I become a blessing to them. I see it as a chance to make a difference in the Philippines through those small acts of service. My late grandpa has been proud of me because I'm the only grandchild who went for a public service. He used to be in the politics and also served the government for three decades if I'm not mistaken. As a civil servant, there's a work-life balance. I have plenty of time, but there is a disclaimer. 
This is on a case-to-case basis. Some government agencies are also too demanding and the staff are overworked. Since our office is in the support group, we seldom render overtimes. Once I finish my reports or deliverables, I have plenty of time to pursue other things such as this podcast or write a manuscript for, for a book and learn new things. In fact, I was able to obtain a certificate in teaching program and pass the board exam for teachers because I had a lot of free time to study. Since our job is less stressful compared to the private sector, I always encourage the newbies in the government to pursue further studies to take advantage of the available time. Many employees I know pursue law or other graduate studies for career advancement. This also gives me the the luxury to spend quality time with my family and friends outside of work after office hours or during weekends. It's also easy for me to file a leave for work when I want to visit my family or go on a local vacation. With that, government job is also beneficial for working moms because they get to spend more time with their children as the demands of the job are less compared to private sector. Again, this is on a case-to-case basis. There's also the security of tenure when working for the government. The hiring process may take a long time compared to the private, but once you enter the civil service, you cannot be removed from your job easily except for the unique circumstances such as being dismissed for administrative or criminal case. Of course, governments will never go bankrupt, making the job crisis-proof. For example, during this pandemic, many private companies, including those which we thought are stable, closed down, resulting to massive layoffs. But those in the government continued with their jobs. According to the Department of Labor and Employment, more people considered applying for a government job during these times. Another benefit is that after 15 years of continuous service, you will have the GSIS pension fund which is 5 to 6 times larger than SSS monthly retirement pension. However, there are also things that I don't like working for the government. One is bureaucracy. Most of the time, I get frustrated with the slowness of the system because of excessively complicated and hierarchical procedures. One simple report, for example, needs to be signed by nine or more people. It hinders us from quickly implementing programs or projects for reforms or improvements. And if you're not yet in the managerial position, you will not get the chance to implement a significant reform. And basically, most of the time, resources are not maximized. Unlike in the private companies, since the goal is to maximize profit, the strategy is to always minimize costs and maximize revenues. As a government employee, I cannot easily go out for for an international trip. I need to obtain a travel permit signed by the head of agency and even by the secretary or undersecretary of the Department of Finance, which entails a lot of paperwork and lack of secrecy or privacy for personal travels. There is a huge responsibility and accountability to the public. Since I am a civil servant, I should live a simple life. I should always put the public interest over my personal interest and be careful with my social media posts. 
I also cannot promote any candidates running for elections. The work in the work environment in the government is also less professional than the private sector. I remembered before President Aquino's administration, the employees treated the office like their homes. Some brought their children in their workstation because they didn't have babysitters. Some have had their manicure and pedicure done during office hours. Some had their massage. Some were selling Avon products and other items. And there were others watching television or movies. But currently, in fairness to the government and since the administration of President Aquino, those practices were significantly reduced compared to the previous days. Lastly, I will never get rich working for the government. Although the entry-level salary is comparable to those in the private sector, there is a ceiling for the range of positions. Aside from that, it takes a long time for one to be promoted due to seniority. Lastly, it sometimes becomes boring because the job becomes routinary, especially for those like me who already spent a decade in the civil service, I am already familiar with my tasks and it, it has already become my comfort zone. That's why I make sure that I never stop learning new things or pursue some passion projects for challenge so that I will not remain stagnant and still grow professionally. Our verse for this episode is in Jeremiah 29 verse 11. It says, For I know the plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. If you are listening to this podcast, I would like to encourage you that your existence on this earth is not an accident. You were made for a purpose. It's not an accident which family you belong to, which country you're living in, or what job you're pursuing. God has a purpose for your life. It says in the verse that His plans for our lives are to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us hope and a future. But the first thing we need to do to understand our purpose is to get to know Jesus. It all starts with Him. It is never about us. The starting point of knowing our purpose is to know the Creator who can answer why He created us. I hope that you learned something from what I shared that will also add value to you. If you want to share with me your takeaways from this episode, feel free to contact me at my social media accounts in Facebook or Instagram at Yaon. See you in the next episodes. Enjoy your season and remember that you are loved. Bye!